Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? For today's video, I'm gonna be doing another mock draft and this mock is gonna be a 10 team league. We're gonna be drafting from the number one slot and it's gonna be PPR scoring. And then for the roster positions, it's gonna be one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and then a flex, no defense, no kicker, and six bench slots. All right, so since we have the first pick, we can go with whoever we want here. And I think I'm really going to lock in at the running back position. I'm definitely just not interested in a quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end with this number one overall pick. And I think there's really only two guys that you can make a really strong argument as the number one pick in fantasy. And I think that's Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. And while I do like Dalvin Cook, he is pretty firmly ranked as my running back two. I think Christian McCaffrey has got to be the consensus number one running back. When he is on the field, his upside is just so high. He can legitimately go out there and average 30 PPR points per game. And I don't think you can say that about any other running back in the NFL. He's able to provide such a huge positional advantage that you normally just can't find at the running back position. I mean, like Dalvin Cook could go out there and average 25 points per game, literally have an amazing season, and he could still be outscored by Christian McCaffrey for like five points a game. So really no one just has that upside. He has such a strong involvement in the receiving game, and he really hadn't shown any injury history prior to only playing in three games last year. He played in all 16 games in his first NFL season. So I think you just gotta go back in on Christian McCaffrey. And so he is going to be the guy here with that number one pick. All right, so let's take a look and see who was picked after McCaffrey. We saw a pretty standard run at running backs. Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Zeke, and Derrick Henry. I think that's basically exactly how it's gonna go in real drafts. Not necessarily in that order, but you know, those six guys kind of being the first players off the board. Then we saw the first wide receiver with Tyreek Hill, followed by Eckler and Jonathan Taylor. Pretty typical so far. Travis Kelsey at the 110. Agree with that. Then Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Cam Akers. Then a little mini run at wide receiver with Hopkins, Ridley, and Metcalf. And then we saw the second tight end go off the board with George Kittle. So now here we are up at the 210, and we're going to be making back-to-back -back picks at the 210 and the 301. And I think we could really go running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Definitely still too early for me to be considering quarterback. So we're gonna focus in on those three positions. I definitely want one of these two picks to be a running back, just because I don't know what kind of quality at the position there's gonna be in the fourth and fifth round. So let's lock in on the running back position first. And we've got some really solid options here. We've got Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, CEH, and DeAndre Swift. I think my two favorite guys that are left, it's gonna be Joe Mixon and Antonio Gibson. And I think there's kind of a safe pick and then a little bit more of a riskier pick here. I think Joe Mixon is the higher upside player. You know, he may have struggled to put it together in years past, but you know, if the Bengals go out there and give him the total workload, I mean, I think his ceiling is top tier RB1 potential. With Antonio Gibson, I really like him this year but I just don't know if he has that high-end RB1 upside without getting the receiving role. And it doesn't look like he's locked into that because JD McKissick is still there. So I'm gonna take a little bit of a riskier pick here and go with Joe Mixon, even though I really like both of these players. All right, so now it's time to make our third pick. And I do think it's a little bit early to go tight end. I do like Darren Waller as like a late second, early third round pick, but I just still think there's some value here at wide receiver and running back. 
So the two guys that I'm going to be looking at here, it's honestly Antonio Gibson and Justin Jefferson. And I don't love the idea of going three straight running backs just because if there is value at the position, you know, in the fourth and fifth rounds, I'm kind of locked in to avoiding it because, you know, you don't want to start off with like four straight running backs or something crazy like that. But I do just think Antonio Gibson is such a good value. He's currently my RB13. So I definitely think he's a very solid pick. But I also really like Justin Jefferson this year. I think he's basically set up to improve on what he did in 2020. And he already had a super impressive 2020 season. I think Adam Thielen is going to continue to like slightly regress while Justin Jefferson just continues to improve and take over more and more of that alpha role. So, you know, even though I think I have Antonio Gibson ranked a little bit higher in my overall rankings than Justin Jefferson, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson here just to kind of balance out my roster and give me some flexibility in the later rounds. Just so you know, I'm not kind of forced to take a wide receiver that I don't really like because I do think there's going to be a decent, you know, RB3 available at the end of the fourth round. All right, so after we made our picks, we basically saw every position go off the board. Mix of running backs, wide receivers. Darren Waller went off in the middle of the third. I think that's a really nice value for whoever got him there. We saw the first quarterbacks come off with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Then we definitely just saw overall more wide receivers. This is kind of like the turn where those top tier running backs kind of become thin and you kind of turn to the wide receiver position. But so let's see who is still left on the board for us. We could really go anywhere with this pick. I don't think I'm going to be looking quarterback just because I like what's on the board at running back and wide receiver. You know, we do need a tight end, but I think it's a little bit early to kind of be getting those second tier of guys, the Hawkinson, Andrew Pitts group. So I'm going to be looking in at the running back and wide receiver position. And honestly, we'll probably be taking one of each. So let's just start it off at running back. And here we've got Chris Carson, JK Dobbins. Those are probably the top two guys that I'd be looking in. And, you know, I think I'm feeling confident about that Justin Jefferson pick because I do like the value we can get here. These are players that I view as running back twos that I'm going to be able to draft as my RB3 and play in the flex. And so if we're comparing Chris Carson versus J.K. Dobbins, I think they're ranked very close together for me. But I honestly just like Chris Carson a little bit more. And it's because this is PPR scoring and J.K. Dobbins just isn't going to be involved in this passing game. He does have the skill you know, to receive the ball out of the backfield, but it's just not something the Ravens like to implement in their offense. Whereas Chris Carson actually showed his best receiving production last year, you know, despite missing a couple games. So I think Chris Carson is going to be the pick here. And he's a guy that I basically continue to lock in as my RB3 in a lot of these mock drafts. I just think there's a lot of value with him and people have just kind of been fading him because he's not a super flashy pick. You know, guys like J.K. Dobbins and David Montgomery come off as a lot more flashy and, you know, kind of a more attractive pick than a guy like Chris Carson. But when Chris Carson is on the field, he just continues to get the job done. And so that's what I'm buying into here. Now let's take a look at the wide receiver position. And we're looking at some very solid options. Julio Jones, C.D. Lamb, D.J. Moore, Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup. I honestly really like all five of those players, but I think there's one guy kind of standing out to me and it is Julio Jones. I understand that he suffered those injuries last season, but I mean, when he was on the field, he was still playing well. Look at this track record he has. From 2014 to 2019, the least games he ever played in a season was 14. So look at that, 15 games, 16 games, 14, 16, 16, 15. Then he plays nine last year, and everyone wants to come out and say he's injury prone, all this stuff. 
He still went for 771 yards in those nine games. So I'm definitely not throwing Julio away after one down season. And it still wasn't even that bad of a season in terms of points per game. And now he goes to the Titans. I think they're just going to have a very nice, efficient offense. He's definitely going to get involved. He's going to get a decent amount of volume. I think him and A.J. Brown are a very good duo because A.J. Brown's more of kind of like that big play guy. He's going to push the ball down the field and Julio can operate more as the volume guy and actually may find some touchdown upside this year that he hasn't really had in years past. Julio has never had double digit touchdowns, which is crazy because, you know, he's gone for like 1800 plus yards. So, you know, maybe this is the year where he really breaks out with those touchdowns. So I feel really solid having Julio Jones as my wide receiver too, especially in the fifth round. So after our Julio Jones pick, we saw a run at the wide receiver position. CeeDee Lamb, Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay all went off the board after Julio. Saw a couple running backs, some more quarterbacks with Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Dak Prescott. Then we kind of saw the start of those second tier tight ends coming off the board. Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson. And so now it is our pick. And really, we could go anywhere here. We could go running back here, but we still have kind of quarterback, tight end open. And then we also only have two wide receivers. So we could go for more of a balanced roster spot. But I do really like Miles Gaskin. That's kind of going to be tough to pass up in the sixth round. But let's just take a look at the other positions. At quarterback, we've got Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert. I really like Justin Herbert in the slot, but I'm also a fan of some of these kind of lower tier quarterbacks the lower tier quarterback ones like Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, Matthew Stafford, those guys tend to fall and I think they're really solid value. At the wide receiver position, we've got guys like T. Higgins, Juju, DJ Chark. Out of those guys, I think I'd be leaning towards T. Higgins, but I'm just not sure how much upside he's going to have this year with Jamar Chase coming in. Then at tight end, a guy who actually is looking a little bit appealing is Kyle Pitts. I know he hasn't played in the NFL and I know rookie tight ends tend to struggle but Kyle Pitts is really not your ordinary rookie tight end. So I think for my first pick here, I'm actually going to go with Miles Gaskin. Even though he's not going to see the starting lineup, I feel really confident just having four startable running backs because then I don't really have to worry about it, you know, maybe even for the rest of the draft. And if they all stay healthy, like fantastic, that's great. I can use one of them as a trade piece. But I mean, odds are one of these guys is going to get injured, maybe two. You've got bye weeks. So having four running backs that I feel confident starting in my running back position, I think just gives me a lot of security. And I'd rather take shots later in the draft on wide receivers than I would for running backs. With the second pick of this back-to-back, -back, I think this is really between Justin Herbert, T. Higgins, and Kyle Pitts. But I think I'm going to go Kyle Pitts here. And in 10-team leagues or even like 8-team leagues, I feel more and more comfortable going tight end early just because every team has more depth and there's just more options later in the draft. So I'm going to get Kyle Pitts here. And I think at worst, he's basically like a lower end tight end one. The threshold of becoming a tight end one is so low that I think Kyle Pitts will be able to come in and do it. But you know, on his upside, I think he's probably not going to be able to finish, you know, up with Kittle, Waller and Kelsey. But if he can just be a little bit below them, then I think I'm definitely winning with this pick. After we picked Kyle Pitts, we saw some more quarterbacks come off. Herbert, Wilson, Rodgers, and Brady, and then basically just a bunch of wide receivers with some running backs sprinkled in there. So we have two more picks. Our only open starting position is the quarterback, but since this is a 10-team league, nine teams have already taken quarterbacks, so I think we can wait a couple rounds before teams start to pick their backups. So guys like Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehill, and Matthew Stafford, 
I feel really confident with all of those guys. So, you know, we're able to wait and still get a quarterback we feel comfortable with. So I'm feeling pretty good about this draft so far. We don't have to worry about the tight end position anymore. If I get like one of those top six tight ends, I'm just not going to be drafting a backup unless there's some super solid option really late. So really we're looking running back, probably wide receiver is the main position we want to be looking here just because we already do have four really solid running backs. Quarterback, like I said, we can wait. So I feel like we really want to lock in here at wide receiver. There are a couple guys here that are standing out to me. It's got to be Will Fuller, I think Curtis Samuel, and then Antonio Brown, and maybe even a guy like Devontae Smith. I think Antonio Brown is just being heavily disrespected this year. He was a borderline wide receiver too last year in points per game. Despite basically coming in in the middle of the season, he didn't have any time to kind of get chemistry with those guys and really integrate himself into the offense. So with a full offseason, Antonio Brown is still a super talented weapon. So I think he's only going to improve on what he did in 2020, which I mean here he's ranked wide receiver 44. That's going to be an insane value. So he's definitely a guy I'm heavily considering with this pick. And with back-to-back picks here, if I'm going him with one of them, we just have to lock in that second guy. So Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel, Devontae Smith. I already have two receivers that I feel really comfortable with in Justin Jefferson and Julio Jones. And then if I am going AB, I feel like he's more of a volume guy. So I think I want to go Will Fuller or Curtis Samuel just because I think they have higher upside plays. Will Fuller, I mean, he's proven that he could be a mid-tier wide receiver one last year. His situation this year is just not great with Tua. And then on the other end, Curtis Samuel really isn't similar to Fuller in play style. But I think Samuel has a very high ceiling this year. It really just comes down to his usage with this Washington football team offense. How involved is he going to be in the run attack? And then where are they going to use him? Are they going to use him out of the slot? Or are they going to use him as a deep target like they did when Ron Rivera was in Carolina? I think I'm going to lean Curtis Samuel with this pick just because I've taken Will Fuller in a different mock draft. So kind of diversify that portfolio by going Curtis Samuel. And then for our second pick, going Antonio Brown like I mentioned. So now with our roster, we have no quarterback, but we're even with running backs and wide receivers. And then we also have our tight end position filled. So a pretty balanced team overall. After our pick at the 901, we basically saw the entire round was all wide receivers, except for Raheem Mostert. It was kind of smushed in there. And then in the next round, it was a lot of these running backs, Fournette, Ronald Jones, Javante Williams, David Johnson. I'm glad I have my top four running backs kind of locked in, so I don't really have to be going for guys like this. And then we also saw those later round tight end targets. Dallas Goddard, really like him this year. Logan Thomas, Higby, like him as well. Noah Fant, all those guys. Pretty typical kind of 10th round, maybe 9th round. You're looking at those later tight end picks. Now with one of these next two picks, I do think I want to just lock in one of these quarterbacks because I don't want to lose Hurts, Tannehill, or Stafford for multiple teams kind of taking backups. So I think we could go with the riskier player in Jalen Hurts. Definitely has a higher ceiling, but I do think also a much lower floor than guys like Tannehill or Stafford, or we could go with kind of the more established players. I think I'm going to lean Ryan Tannehill. We saw him finish as a lower end QB1 last year. And you look at what's happened with this offense. They now bring Julio Jones in. I don't think much is going to change. He's still going to be super efficient. He's going to take care of the ball and just produce, you know, very solid, consistent weekly production. Now with this next pick, we're probably either looking running back or wide receiver. We have four at each position. So basically wherever the value is kind of screaming to us. And these wide receivers, honestly, not a huge fan at this ADP. 
Don't really like a lot of these guys on the board. Maybe in the next couple of rounds at running back, we do have Damian Harris and James Conner. I honestly like both of those guys. I do think Cam Newton's going to be the starter in New England, potentially for the whole season. But I mean, if Mac Jones can somehow take over, Damian Harris is going to have so much value just because he does get a lot of yardage, but Cam Newton really just vultures those goal line touches. And then for James Conner, I really think he has kind of Kenyon Drake potential this year. I think if they really trusted Chase Edmonds to be the workhorse, then they wouldn't have signed James Conner. So he does have that potential role, but it's definitely not locked in. So I think I'm probably choosing between those two players. I think I'm going to lean Damian Harris just because I think he has a more established work role already. And I already have four kind of ceiling running backs that I could plug in. So just more of a safer guy that I can just count on plugging in if I really have an emergency at the running back position. After our Damian Harris pick, that entire round was basically running backs, basically the opposite of the last round we went over, just Devontae Parker was smushed in there. And then the 12th round was also pretty running back heavy, but I am glad I kind of get to avoid drafting some of these lower guys. I definitely feel confident in these five running backs. Don't need to go for another one here with these last two picks. We're going back to back. These are our last two picks of the draft. No one ended up going for a backup quarterback, so we kind of may have wasted some value there, but I definitely think we made the safe kind of smart move by just locking one of those guys in. So with this pick, just going to take a quick peek at the tight end position to see if any of these guys have a lot of value, not even to be in our starting lineup, but just potential. I do think Irv Smith is a decent pick, but none of those guys are really standing out as solid values, especially guys who are likely just going to sit on my bench or be trade assets. Done with the running back position, like I mentioned, already have five guys that I feel pretty confident in. Probably want to get one more wide receiver because we do only have four right now. Looking at Marvin Jones, I did kind of like him earlier in the offseason just because he was going so much lower than DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault, but it kind of seems like out of Jaguars training camp that LaVisca has kind of started to establish himself as a very integral part of this offense. So I don't know if I'm feeling the same way about Marvin Jones. Mike Williams, I've been seeing some hype about him. Don't really understand. He played the full season last year and still kind of struggled to produce. Darnell Mooney, definitely like him as a player. Don't know if the Bears can support him. I'm going to look down the list a little bit at some of the guys I go to as late round picks. John Brown is a guy I definitely look at. Russell Gage, I haven't actually drafted yet, but could have some really nice potential with Julio gone. And then Rashad Bateman's a guy I tend to go to for a late round wide receiver pick. So for the wide receivers, I think I'm going to take a shot on Russell Gage. I've already taken John Brown and Rashad Bateman in some of these other mock drafts. So to diversify the portfolio, we're going with Gage. We see last year, 16 games, put up almost 800 yards, five touchdowns, pretty solid. It was only his third year in the NFL. So now, you know, maybe he gets an increase in the target share and he produces a little bit better and kind of has his big breakout. Who knows? This is one of those late round kind of dart throws that you really just kind of hope connects. I mentioned earlier how I was a little bit concerned having Jalen Hurts as my quarterback just because he's a little bit boom or bust overall. You know, if he starts and plays well, he could be one of the top fantasy quarterbacks. But if he struggles, you know, he could be a total bust for you. But going in the last round, even if I'm not starting him on a week-to-week basis, I start Tannehill for the first couple weeks, see how Hurts is doing. I mean, if Hurts goes crazy, there's just going to be so much value here because I do legit think he has QB1 potential, like not just a quarterback one but like the number one fantasy quarterback. I really think he could do that. But in the same way, I think he could be benched by the end of the season. So I just think he's a guy I can't really pass up on here, even if you know he's not gonna be a guy who I start week one. 
All right, so this is our final roster. Don't look at the grade. They just kind of grade you on how well you follow their ADP, but we're not following their ADP. All right, so at quarterback, we've got Ryan Tannehill, running back Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, wide receiver Julio Jones, and Justin Jefferson, tight end Kyle Pitts, got Chris Carson at flex, and then our bench is Miles Gaskin, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Brown, Damian Harris, Russell Gage, and Jalen Hurts. So with our quarterbacks, I feel pretty solid because we have a very safe guy in Ryan Tannehill. You kind of know exactly what he's going to give you. And then we have Jalen Hurts who has high, high end potential, but we basically have no idea how he's going to perform. So I think that's kind of a solid balance to have because at worst, you know, we have a lower end QB1 and at best we have a high end QB1. So I feel good with that, especially because we got them both kind of towards the end of the draft. Then at running back, I really like our RBs. McCaffrey and Joe Mixon are a very solid one, two. And then to have Chris Carson as the three and Miles Gaskin as the four, those are four guys that I feel confident starting on a week to week basis at the running back position. And then Damian Harris is some solid backup will gain a lot of value if Mac Jones can take over. At wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, Julio Jones, really like those guys as my one-two. Probably our weakest position is wide receiver. Then we've got Curtis Samuel, Antonio Brown, and Russell Gage. Curtis Samuel and AJ Brown really like those guys at their ADP. Then Russell Gage, just kind of a shot in the dark. Hope he really has that true breakout this year. And then at tight end, Kyle Pitts, probably our riskiest position just because we really don't know how he's going to react to being in the NFL, but definitely has a lot of potential. So I really like this team and that's going to wrap it up for this video. If you guys enjoyed this mock draft, please just make sure you leave a like and subscribe to the channel. I would really appreciate it. Then also let me know your thoughts down below. How do you think this team turned out? Let me know your reasoning and I'll respond to you as soon as I can. But thank you guys again for watching and listening and I'll see you guys tomorrow.